I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. The Telegraph. The Telegraph. Podcasts. Hello and uh, welcome to Brian Moore's Full Contact in association with The Telegraph and QBE Business Insurance. I'm Brian Moore, and joining me in the studio, as you can see, is uh, the former Lion and Scotland Fly half, Craig Chalmers. Hello, Craig. Evening, Brian. Uh, coming up on the podcast, we'll be going over the Lions' first uh, game on tour with Tyrone Howe and Nick Evans. Nigel Owens is back, as always, to answer your rugby laws questions. Super League is on the agenda with uh, the Huddersfield legend Earl Crabtree going over the latest action. Plus, we'll be hearing from another member of the team behind the team. Remember that you can join us every week live on Facebook at 6pm. Just search for Telegraph Sport and you can listen to the whole show via the Telegraph website. Remember to subscribe to the podcast so you'll never miss an episode and please leave a review. On with the show. Uh, Craig, in the first uh, section, as you know, we like to feature some listeners' questions, if they're sensible, and we've got a few that are sensible this week. Um, Let's see. One from Mace. Um, is the lack of preparation time for this tour, highlighted by yesterday's tired effort, a sign that Lions tours are being undermined again? Um, just in general, what about their, what about the preparation in terms of flying and all sorts of other stuff? I think it's tough, Brian. You know, it, it, the season is so long these days. Back when we were in the Lions tour in '89, we finished our club games yep. in end of March, I think it was. So you had all. You know, two months to prepare. We were, you know, probably fitter than ever to go on this tour. We had, you know, some good time together in London, mm-hmm. but not nearly as much as you know we would have had if the game had been professional. But no, listen, flying in three days before the first game is 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 not the best idea, I don't think. And you could tell that certain players hadn't recovered properly from you know the jet lag. And well, you know, jet lag is a really subjective thing, isn't it? Some people cope with it well, some people don't, and you can't actually. Um, predict how it will go. Um, you just you just have to find out when there. What really what really concerns me is look. I understand how expensive the Lions is now. When you see the amount of, of 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 players they take and they, you know, all the facilities are top draw, and they've got a big um, you know team behind the team as they need to, but not flying out because you have to stay for a sponsor's farewell dinner, and then stopping the night in. Um, Melbourne, because Qantas sponsor you, and delaying yourself therefore by at least three days, probably. You yeah, know that yeah, that to it, me is the it, wrong way. That to me shouldn't happen. You should be able to find some way 
around that for sponsors it, to give it, them what they need. Oh, definitely. But, it's ridiculous that the player, it's player welfare is really, really important. Yeah. And on this occasion, player welfare hasn't really come into it. And there's so many staff there, there's so many people in the back to you, back, backroom staff that look at all the little bits and pieces. Yeah. And it, they'll, they'll have looked at it, the best yeah. way to do it. Yeah. And they've obviously not got it right this time. And it's got to be a got to be looked at for the next tour. What Although about, ne- next tour is to South Africa, so it well, should be a bit, time, easy, should be a bit easier. Also. What about um, the idea of flying the players out who met early and didn't have the, you know, the domestic commitments? Flying them out first. That'd probably make a lot of sense. Uh, get them over. Get them over you to New Zealand. Split the, split but, the tour. It's a, uh, but you know, it's just the just the lack of weekends that they have yeah. and the season has got to be looked at next you know the lines is really really important i think to 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 the british people the british mm-hmm. to british rugby and i think it's also important to south africa new zealand and australia because it does create a lot of revenue for them as well so yeah. they've got to just get the balance right um but you know listen the players are delighted to be there they're there now we've won our first game and you know let's hopefully the guys will recover for uh, for for I mean, look, the first, I don't know if you remember I mean you know the the, the two the tours we went on that I can't well the first game in 89 Perth was a fairly mediocre run out on it there, we, we were there a week though we were there a week though weren't we we, we were there a week I understand that, and that but, makes but a the, difference. The, yeah it does make a difference and of course um, there's a 4 hour time difference as well no 4 hours less flying <laughs> to Perth than there is to the yeah. to the east coast. Now that was the, we've into Perth first, and, and you know we it was you know, we the first the first session. I always remember it. We went to that that um, old just club ground. Yeah, and uh, the guys were just running their legs, just a little bit running up yeah. and down. And then after that, it was in behind the sheds for a for a couple of beers and a barbie. I think, yeah. and that was where the guys bonded, and we had yeah. that time to bond, we had that week That's to true. get together. Yeah, and it wasn't a tough game, although. Every player, I think Buckshy Alfred's brother was playing against us in that game. Yeah. I think there was 14 Kiwis in that team. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Western yeah, which, Australia team. <laughs> what well, was funny, because as you went round Australia, the same players kept turning up, <laughs> didn't it? It was, you know, New South Wales country, then New South Wales and, you know, and Queensland country and whatever. Who was it? Which was a back, was a back row player? I think he played, um, he played against us six times, didn't he? Who was a back row player? But that that happened that tour. We had obviously the, the Queensland guys, uh, yeah. like some Michael, Michael Liner, they played against each other, uh, against us five times. Yeah. Because Michael yeah. played in the Anzac game as well. I think he did in, in, the, in that game. Yes, as he well. was one of the few. That... So, you know, there's, you know, a lot of these guys were playing, you know, against us a lot. And yeah. they were tough games. New South Wales, Queensland were tough games. Yeah. Um, Australia B, obviously, they're a strong yeah. team as well. That's true, yeah. And Melbourne and that really really wet night. So yeah, I mean there was a, it was a it was a tough tour in certain regards, but it's you know I think this one here in New oh, Zealand is going to be oh is he, is he, <laughs> different he's, level. Hugh's he, a different level. What what I mean, it, obviously it's difficult for players to get off the plane three days, and yet some did cope with it. Carl Sinclair was a Ross Moriarty, um, Toby Faletau, yep. they all stood out. And then people like you know Johnny Sexton and Stuart Hogg to a certain extent, you know, did not perform anywhere near like we know they can do. 
Johnny Sexton's been struggling laterally at the end of the season for, for Leinster as well. That's a fair point, yeah. And, you know, he had a, he had a poor game. It wasn't just, you know, he just looked lethargic. Yeah. He's, his kicking was, wasn't great. Um, but his, his passing was off as well. His passing was poor. And that was, you know, there were one or two passes went astray. Um, Stuart Hawke's pass to, to oh, Watson. The two and one, yeah. The two and one. You know, little things like that. There's little inaccuracies in, the, in their play that yeah. cost them a few tries. But that will come. It's gonna. It's gonna come in time. I mean, they start understanding each other and the angles of running and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. It doesn't just happen straight away. Yeah. So I'm not getting too upset about the, the you know, what happened uh, on Saturday morning. I think. It, I think that players will take time to gel, but yeah. you've got to gel pretty quickly. Well, the problem. I tell you, the problem for, for for players is this: is they've been promised that they'll get a chance to you know to go for a test shirt, but that at most they're going to get two games. And if you've had one bad game, you're under a lot of pressure to, you know, in the next time. And, and, the, and, the, and the, the terrible dichotomy you're in as a player is you want to shine, but if you're greedy and you try and take things on yourself and you get found out, that won't go down well either. So you've got to tread a really difficult balance. You've got to play well, yeah. but you've got to be a team man at the same time. Yeah. And, it, you know, that's where, you know, the halfbacks really do come into the, to their own. Like I said, Reese Webb. Laidlaw was a real team man yeah. uh, uh, on Saturday, yesterday morning. Um, but there was times when he could have had a little nip himself and have a little break himself. Yeah. But that's not the kind of player he is. Yeah. If Reese Webb had been on from the start, then I reckon he'd made one or two cracking breaks because there was space in and yeah. around the ruck at times. But I think, you know, like I said, you know, Warburton was pretty much non-existent yesterday. Uh, best. Well, he has been out for a long time, hasn't he? Has, he? I mean, you know, mate, mate, it, looked, it looked like it actually looked like what it was. He was, you know, he come back yeah. and it was first run out after a long time. And Henderson, you know, Toby Falatau overtook Henderson going back to make that tackle to save yeah. that try. And I was really impressed with Toby Falatau, and I think he's going to be a massive player on this tour, especially that Vinopolo now is now out the out the uh, tour. Well, he's, the thing is, he's got to be. And, and and the good thing the good thing for the Lions is that he's not been over rugby. He's he's come back from an injury. That's true. Come back into the Bath team, played some decent games, scored a few tries, mm. and he's I think he's I think, I think he's pretty fresh. And that showed the way he, he ran back and tackled the, the 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 Kiwi Barbarians boy, which I don't think uh, Billy might not have been back there doing the <laughs> defending. Maybe not. <laughs> but I mean, so, but uh, Sinclair, you know, it was a bit of a wild card. A lot of people were expressed surprise at him being picked. And yet, you know, he could... I, I, I'm, I'm willing to bet he'll be at least on the, on the bench for the test, at least. I was really impressed with his skills. And people have talked about it. I've, heard, I've not seen that much of him. No. He's, that's, he's never started a test for England no. as yet, but he started for the Lions. So, you know, the kid's full of confidence. He seems to be really popular amongst the guys yeah. as well. It could be a sort of Tom Smith, um, Tom Smith yeah, yeah. slash yeah. Paul Wallace kind of person yeah. who people didn't expect to play in that yeah. Test series in '97, but they came in and they made a big impression off the field and on it, uh, which is really important. Obviously, I'll tell you what, if you if you if you had uh, Vully Paul, I mean, I think Marler, Marler is he's not nailed on, but Marler is a hard player, and I think Gatland will might well look at him to start a game. You know, when when the rough stuff's around, but but. Vunipola and Sinclair as handling props mm. are top draw, actually. I thought M- Mako came on yesterday and, and did really well when yeah. he came on. You know, he stripped that ball away at the end as yeah. well, which sort of, you know, got the Lions, uh, I think, the penalty, I think, and and, yeah. and, and, and got them clear and won the game. So, But no, the, the guys that came off the bench showed a lot of energy and made a difference. I think Farrell, you know, 
people are talking about the axis, you know, Sext, Sexton and, and, and Conor Murray. Yeah. I really think that, you know, Farrell has been outstanding for Saracens this year in the 10 shirt. And yeah. I do feel that Gatland, after speaking to him a couple of times, that he is really, you know, looking at him there. Yeah. Uh, another question from uh, Simon Allison. Um, did, good question, Brian. Did you play in Oz and New Zealand uh, test players in the provincial games or were those players saved for the test? No, they weren't. They all played and played several times. I can understand why um, the Kiwis want to hold them back, but I, I actually think it works both ways, you know, because the players who do play against them get the experience of actually playing, you know, at ground level. And you can look at videos all you like, and it's not the same, is it? No, I think that they look back at the last Lions tour in Australia... Yeah. And they didn't play any of the test players yeah. in provincial games. And I think they were undercooked, the Aussies, for, yeah. for the test series. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I think the All Blacks will have looked at that as well. You know, they had a look at what happened four years ago. But I think they'll play. I think the Sunny Bill Williams, Williamses, they'll play this weekend. I think yeah. they'll play test. And all the Auckland Blues players that are got potential of playing in the test series will yeah. play this week this weekend. Or, sorry, during the week. During the week and yeah. I think also the Crusaders as well at the weekend. I tell you what, I mean, the thing is, as I say, you can look at Super Rugby and and you get a certain impression about what it is or isn't like. At ground level, they're going to find out. I'm pretty sure, I'll ask Nick Evans about this later on, but that, that style of rugby is very quick. Oh. I don't think they, they may not appreciate... I mean, the stuff that the, the, the provincial barbarians... Played. I think that was one of the things that surprised them. The, the, the barbarians... One of the things about New Zealand play in general is once they get past the gain line, the ability to get quick ball is absolutely second to none. From 1 to 15, they were all comfortable on the ball as well. Every yep. player in that team was comfortable. And I was really impressed with Brian Gatland as well. We've got to mention him. Yeah, true. Um, you know, I, I thought he had a great game. Yes, you know, he's not the most you know, a flashy player, but he did all the basics really, really well. He brought players into the game at the right time. He kicked at the right time. He kicked yeah. very, very well. And I was really impressed with him. And, you know, he's got a big future ahead of him. But no, I think they're all comfortable on the ball. And as you mentioned before, we were chatting before, and you know, they're not really that, that keen to have big battles up front in the scrums. They want to no. get the ball into the midfield you know, play fast, play quick, and ask questions of defences. Yeah. And that's what they're so good at. I, if you watched the game last week or two weeks ago, Crusaders against Wellington, oh, Hurricanes, yeah. that was a proper rugby game. You know, oh, it you, you was. Do, you, you do get some super rugby that's a bit, you know, all over the shop, but that was a proper rugby game. And yeah. anybody watching that will see how much quality. And that'll be more like what's, what the Lions are going to get in the test matches. Yeah, uh, and I have and brought this up before. I, I'm... I do believe that the that the All Black management, who have a really good relationship with the Super Rugby coaches, to the extent to which they do cooperate, you know, in terms of developments that uh, the All Black management say they want to to incorporate in New Zealand rugby, they will go away. And even though it's not necessarily in their team's best interest, because they've got certain players with them, they will work on that and they'll, they'll suborn that to the national thing. I'm absolutely certain without having any proof whatsoever if that is not an incongruous that they will have said to him look we want you to test the Lions in this way in this game because yeah. we want to see how they do this the good thing for me in, in that game the, the, the Hurricanes against the Crusaders was that Bowden Barrett looked quite average in that game <laughs> yeah. which, which is a real bonus because he looks so good most of the time yeah. and he can be put under pressure and any player can be put under pressure yeah. you know if the team plan correctly you know for them and uh, you know listen if we drop a game or two, 
I think it's almost certain they will drop one. We will, yeah. I think we will. Yeah, I hope they don't. I hope they don't. Of course we do. I think it's really important. And we had the the midweek team in in the Lions in 89. And we had Donald Lennon who led his donuts, which were Donald's donuts midweek. Which that that team was outstanding all the way through the tour. And I think that was a massive factor in the Test Series victory because everyone was standing together on and off the field. Well, if you say that, you know, if you talk to the, you know, the guys about the 97 win, 2013. The midweek side yeah. again was a very strong, you know, strong character-wise, and and everyone says, and it, because it's true, it does contribute hugely to the success or I the think, failure. I think, I think at the moment as well, the guys don't know what that's going to be. I think there's no. th- there's there's three or four games that the guys have got a chance to perform in, and once those four 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 three or four games are done, then they'll have a better idea yeah. where they're going to be, and that's when you find out if there's a little split or not. Yeah. Do you remember? I mean, this was. I don't. Let that be interesting to see if you were, if it was like this for you. I remember thinking, certainly in '93, when, um, you know, in '89, I was second favourite, you know, miles outside to be get a test place. No one thought I was going to get a test place uh, before the tour. In '93, it was a different matter. It was much more even me and Kenny Milne. Um, but I remember thinking, right, let's have a look. If he plays on the Saturday or if he plays there, he's definitely going to be in the test side. So if I'm playing in a unit with him and him or them on them, they're going to be in the test team. And that means that... And trying to work it out that way, it was a really convoluted... Because the managers would try to keep you on the tours, don't they? So you don't, you're not sure yourself. Yeah, well, they do. I mean, for me in 89, I was 20 years old. I was a, I was a baby yeah. of, the, of the trip. Yeah. Um, and Paul Dean started the first That's game right. down in Western Australia. But he went to Australia with a a niggly uh, hammy injury, I think it was, and he came off after about two minutes in the... In yeah. the tw- no, 20 minutes in the first game. Um, and I came on and I played most of the games up to... Yeah, ACT... Well, I played most games up to the first test. Yeah. And then... Uh, yeah, then the forwards played really badly the first test. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, played really badly and you got dropped, which is not really fair. <laughs> I'm only joking. <laughs> no, but they will. I tell you what that did show, though, didn't it? It, it shows this, that as a halfback, if the forwards get stuffed, you, there's nothing you can do. Not or very you little do. you can do. No, we, uh, listen, listen the, forward, the forwards are, are the scrum halves and the fly halves' best, best mates, I'm telling you that for sure. Because yeah. if you don't perform, then it makes it very, very hard for, for, for us to perform. <laughs> That's my excuse anyway. So, uh, is it possible to... Uh, no, it's not, well, no, it's, not, it's not possible to even predict uh, a test team at the moment. You, you do really have to see... At least one run out for everybody, don't you? You do. I mean, I've got a backline in my head, but I, I think it's. Um, I think I do think. Far, I think. I think. I think Gatlin will go with Farrell, and that's his big decision. He's got to make. Where's he going to? Where's he going to be though? Is he going to be a ten or a twelve? Well, I think he'll go from a ten. I think he'll go from a ten. I think he's got like of Henshaw at twelve. If Henshaw plays well at twelve, in the next game. What do you think of Teo? I like Teo. We don't mention him actually. We should have mentioned him. Yeah. I, I think uh, he showed. Some good stuff. Simple yesterday. He's very physical. He's very well. His direct. game is simple. And but but this is the point about Teo. You know he plays for Worcester, uh, which and with the you know with the greatest respect to Worcester fans, you know Worcester are not an outstanding team. You know they're a decent team, Premiership team. But as he steps up, he just keeps doing the same job. Yeah. 
in higher quality teams. Yeah, but to be fair to Worcester, and, and if you, I've watched Worcester a little bit because it's one of my old teams and my, my, one of my yeah. mates, Carl Hall, coaches there. Yeah. And the back play is actually really good. Yeah. They've got some really good black play. They've got good backs coach there. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, he, I think... Uh, Sam Sam Vesti. Yes, obviously. Yeah. Sam Vesti's going with England to, he to Argentina. Argentina. So, yeah, you know, he's, coach, he's yeah. going there for a reason, you know. Yeah. So, um, yeah, he's he's in, he's in the back when they actually try to play rugby. And I, I and tell you, you what, he did, that inside shoulder run, you know, when he keeps them straight, so that the, there's the space outside. Yeah. It's, it's invaluable, actually, isn't it? No, it is, and and you know, isn't it straight in the line and and, and mm. create space inside and outside? But you've got to have runners, and that, that's the one thing. The one thing. The only way that the Lions are going to beat the All Blacks is if they do what Ireland did. They take the, take the game to them. Yeah. And the only times that we've got near the All Blacks as a team, a Scotland team, was when we actually ran at them yeah. and asked them questions. Yeah. They make them think like yeah. any other Like any team. other team. You know, make them think, yeah. make them move, move them around a little bit yeah. and create Chip space. Yeah. And, we can, and, we can, and we can certainly do that, I think. Yeah. In association with QBE Business Insurance principal partner of the British and Irish Lions. A lot of Irish players touted early on for test places. Rory Best. Uh, yeah, Rory, Rory, Rory was quiet. Game, but not, but quiet. nothing outstanding. Yeah, yeah I just don't know. I think... Uh, I mean, you've got Jamie George, who I think is a is a good player, but yeah. will he be a bench player? He's done so well for England off the bench. Owens has got a little injury. Yeah. Um, the, you know... I think I uh, Roy, Roy Best had a bad tour the last he four did, years yes. ago, so yeah. I think he'll be desperate to you know to and he's had the you know he's captained Ireland against the winning you know yeah. against the winning against the All Blacks, yes. so you know that experience is is is, is vital. It is it is valuable. And uh, uh, Conor Murray, Conor Murray, we I haven't think seen him yet, but he's, 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 he, I think he was he Conor Murray was one of the players that if I'd had to put any money on someone starting. And yeah. there weren't many that I would have would put anything on because I know how difficult it is to, <laughs> you know, to predict that. He probably would have been one of them. Thank you. I think he is. Yeah, he probably played his best game for Ireland in that game in Chicago that day. He was outstanding that yeah. day for Ireland. I think Tad Furlong as well. I think he's he's you know even coming off the bench the other day carries well. Yeah. He scrums well. I think he's an all-round rugby player. Um, so mm. yeah, no, I think there's those, those two guys for me are will, will start the test okay. match for sure. The back row. Uh, it's going to be interesting, isn't it? With with, I I I've always maybe it's, maybe maybe I notice him more because he's got a blue a blue strum cap and that's quite noticeable. But 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 Justin Tipperick, I think he's a really clever footballer. Oh yeah, he's very clever. He gets in the right positions. Yes, and he he, he does things. You little soft, you know, subtle yeah. hands at yeah. times to put a winger away or a centre yeah. away. Uh, he's got. He could. He could. He could be a centre probably. Um, if he'd wanted to be, but yeah. you know, I think he showed up well yesterday when he came on. He showed a lot of energy. Um, you know, line speed was far better when he got on the pitch. You know, and I think that was just because of certain circumstances with obviously Sam. And you know, I've just got to wonder whether it is the right thing to have Sam as as Warburton as the as a captain. He's he played probably better for Wales this year, not having that captaincy to deal with. So, you know, he's got he's just coming back from his from his injury. He's got the captaincy. He's got a lot of responsibility. You know, he's at the forefront. Every time you see the Lions on TV, he's always at the forefront. Because although they've said um, it won't be a problem and he wouldn't take it personally, and I believe, actually, I believe them, that he'd be hugely disappointed, but he put that behind him because that's the sort of player he is. It's not ideal not to have the captain. You know, it it doesn't signal well. Um, You know, Finlay, I remember Finlay saying in 89, uh, 
you know, there's going to be changes and uh, it might well include me and everyone's thinking, it's not going to include you, is it, for God's sake? <laughs> now we can speak to uh, Tyrone Howe, the uh, Irishman who played in the 2001 Tour to Australia. Tyrone, good evening. Hi, Brian, how Hello. are you Hello, that's all. <laughs> how are you doing, um, the, uh, the opening game, we were just saying, we, won't, we don't do too much store by it because of various circumstances. Uh, but the old adage, you, can, you can't play yourself into the test team, but you can play yourself out, might have occurred. What was your, what was your thought with an Irish angle? Well, I just think you, you, you're probably thinking more about um, Sexton than anybody else when you yeah, talk about yes. the Irish angle. I, mean, I, I thought it was just an incredibly frustrating uh, game for him. Uh, you know, the, the, he was in the, the wrong end of possession and territory. Yeah. Uh, no quick ball. Uh, I think a fairly laboured pass from Laidlaw. Uh, and and just he, he just he was just desperately desperately trying to even trying too hard. No, Tyrone. No, we we were having. I, I know you know I know exactly what he means though because I mean the, you you're playing games and we've all been there over the years, and and you know you you get a ball you get a ball from the scrum half that's a bit slow but you you got poor ball coming back from the forwards, and then. You get cooker ball in the last half an hour yeah. when you get dragged off. Yeah, of so yeah. it's, it's really frustrating. Yeah. So, I mean, Farrell came on and they got a bit quicker ball at the end. And... I tell you what, on fly half is one of these positions. I mean, I know it sounds silly, but I did play a fly half <laughs> for several years at school. But it's one of these positions where if you try too hard and try to do things on your own, it just doesn't work, no. does it? You've got to play what, what's there. You can't force things. And I think yeah. at times uh, yesterday, the boys try to force things. Yeah. Not, not just Sexton, I think every player, you know, Hogg at times. Um, you know, the, every player was probably guilty at some point yeah. during the match. I mean, there was, you saw one or two guys get ball ripped out of their hands. Moriarty, yeah. you, know, you know, who played well. Yeah, you know, play a, well, yeah. you know, a, a big, a great ball carrier. And I think you'll you make a big impression in New Zealand. I like the way he plays. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, I think that you just try to force things. You know, fly offs. You know, you, you just got to let it happen. And, and obviously, kick at the right times. Kick in the front foot. Yes. Kick at the right and, and kick in the right areas. But you've got to have somebody chasing it as well. And, well, that, that, and yeah. that's what happened when Farrell came on. He kicked in the corner, he hit the grass, yeah. and they ran it back. And it looked good because, yeah. you know, they got the ball back and they scored a try from that. Yeah. Well, I mean, the, 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 especially, you know, when you're putting box kicks up and stuff like that, which Lilo, you know, does and does well, you've got to have that organised chase. Otherwise, <coughs> you, you turn good kicks into, into ineffectual ones. Yeah, I, I like, I like Lilo. I think he's a, a cracking player. He's, he's got a really good head in him. He understands the game really, really well. But his kicking for me yesterday wasn't high enough, mm-hmm. and the, the you know the wingers could have chased it slightly better. I thought at times, I think Conor Murray came on; his kicks were actually a bit higher yeah. and a little bit longer. Yeah. And you know you need that hang time to get for the guys to get. And come the test series, especially the back three defensively are going to be under all kinds of pressure yes. from their oh, kicking. Yes. You know, from kicks across the pitch from Barrett up in there from Barrett. Yeah. And you know that's one area that that, that we're going to have to be yeah. really. On, 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 on it. Well, I think we can. Uh, unfortunately, we, we've lost uh, Tyron Howe, and I'm sorry about that. Uh, just technical difficulty of overcomers, I'm, I'm afraid. But we can uh, speak to a substitute, uh, and he's fairly he's a fairly decently qualified one, uh, someone we know very well on this show, Nick Evans. Uh, Nick, are you there? Evening, boys. Hi. Hi um, I read it in one Kiwi paper that the Lions disgraced the shirt. It's a bit 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 much. Yeah, yeah, that's, uh, yeah. That's, I think that's a bit much. Um, yeah. that, you know, you've got to give them a little bit of, uh, uh, you know, juice there. You know, three days coming off a plane, but no, it was. Um, 
you know, it was a little bit underwhelming from what, from what I was expecting. And, um, was, yes. you know, for me, uh, you know, everyone started talking about this jet lag. But, you know, I would have probably seen that in the last 20 minutes. But, you know, the areas and the inaccuracy in the first 10, 15 minutes just shows they're um, a little bit, they were a little bit off the pace. And I can, I can, I can mm-hmm. go with that a little bit. Um, but, Look, they will get better, but unfortunately for Lions fans, so will the uh, quality of the opposition as well. Yeah, this that's that, that was going to be my my second question. How, if it's possible to put a percentage on it, how much uh, better will the uh, Super Rugby sides be than the than the the, the 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 players? Not 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 necessarily the Barbarians as a team, but the, the players in general that play at that level. Yeah, look, I mean, um, you know, the, the Barbarians were, you know, a group that were put together uh, on the Sunday, and, and to put it into context, last Sunday, sorry, and to put into context, the the guy who was captaining it um, was a, uh, uh, you know, an amateur guy that's never played Division One rugby um, before, um, and he was captaining the side uh, in the last 10, 15 minutes. Um, so it goes to show that, um, look, really good group of young guys coming through right on the fringe um, of, of Super Rugby, but you know, not good enough to, to get the contracts now. Starting on Wednesday against the Blues, um, yeah. you're up against the full medal jacket um, of Super Rugby. Um, you know, All Blacks included as well. So the the level's going to go up a lot. Um, uh, you know, most most of the listeners and most of us watch watch the Super Rugby. Um, you know, we see the quality that you see. The quality of the New Zealand teams compared to the Australian teams and the South African teams is a lot higher. Yeah. The intensity is a lot higher. Um, you know, they're, they're, they're not test match uh, levels of intensity, but they're, you know, they're, they're pretty damn close to it, some of those mm-hmm. New Zealand battles. So, look, it's going, to be, it's going to be a big step up. But, you know, the Lions are prepared for that. They know that. Um, and I'm sure um, this week they will be, they'll be training for that as well. Hi, Nick. It's Craig Chalmers here. How are you? Good, mate. Not too bad. Good. Do you think the, 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 the provincial teams, you know, the Blues, Crusaders, will they play their international, potential international players against the Lions in the lead-up to the Test Series, or do you think yeah. they'll, they'll, they'll hold them back? No, no, they'll, they'll, they'll play them. Um, there was, um, you know, it was put out pretty early on that, um, you know, from New Zealand, from the NZRU, that, the, that coming up to the first Test, the games leading up probably to the Maori, um, to the Maori's game, right. uh, those, those franchise teams will be having the All Blacks involved, so... What is it? The Blues, Chiefs, Crusaders. I think are the, are so the three all four. Because I, I was told there were two. There'd be two. Was but I don't yeah, know. I didn't all four. But yeah, I, was... I think I, I, I'm pretty sure that the, the, definitely the first, the first two will have the um, will yeah. have the uh, the ones in. I mean, to be honest, it all come down to injuries as well. Yeah. Look, you know, Crotty's picked up an injury. Um, you know, for the Crusaders in the weekend. Uh, I think everyone else kind of got through okay. There's a couple of kind of concussion worries, you know, the, the likes of Ben Smith. Um, you know, Barrett got through his game, which was good. So, look, I mean, I'm sure the if the NZRU are you at all worried about a certain position, I'm sure you won't see, um, you know, an All Black coming in there playing. But from what I hear, uh, they'll they'll be going in, um, you know, as strong as possible. Well, first up, I mean, possibly the weakest of the uh, of the teams. And that's not to say it's weak. Um, certainly in relation to the rest of the uh, competition, but the uh, the Blues. Um, what, what what should the Lions be looking out for? Is there is there a, a ubiquity about the way the uh, the the uh, New Zealand sides will provincial sides will play against them, or is there the distinct factors for each of them? Um, there's probably uh, there's probably a little little nuances um, factors uh, within each one. Look, they get you're gonna you know what you get with the New Zealand teams. You know, I heard you know just as you uh, just as I came on to you guys the last little bit there of uh, I think you were mentioning Laidlaw's kicking. Mm-hmm. Um, look, you cannot kick 
poorly to to New Zealand teams, whether it's the All Blacks or the or the franchise teams at all. They, they, that is what they look for, and they're and they're well placed to to be patient in a kicking battle. New Zealand teams kick a lot more than you think. Um, they yeah. do kick, and they are very very patient, and they wait for that um, that poor kick. Uh, and when that poor kick comes in, uh, that's when they go, and then that's when they turn into that unstructured uh, football, which they are best in the world at, and the franchises are no different. Uh, the Blues have a very good uh, a very good back line. I guess they're probably maybe um, you know a point for the the Lions to have a crack at, which uh, I think they'll do the whole whole tour as, the, as their type five. Um, there may be a little bit of a question about that. Um, you know, the defensive mauling uh, of the Blues is probably not not the greatest. Um, but then again, you know. I don't know whether you, Brian, you're probably better me uh, to, for answering this. You know, were they holding a bit bat set piece? Because you know, I thought the provincial side actually performed reasonably well. Um, no, no, the, no. But but I, this is my theory, because New Zealand uh, forwards do not see um, the scrum as a penalty contest, and they actually yeah. have the novel idea that you can restart the game properly and maybe score seven points rather yeah. than three. Um, no one sees these, you know, these prolonged battles where one side just shoves the other side around, and because they don't yeah. see that, people think, oh well, they can't scrummage particularly well. They can. It's just that they <coughs> see the scrum and the line out in different ways. Uh, they're not weak. It's just no. that they 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 use it differently. So I think anyone who thinks they're going to put a New Zealand team away um, by by beating them sufficiently well up front. He's, you know, he's living in dreamland because Kiwi sides will always find a way to get enough ball to play with. They don't have yeah, to dominate, no, they'll get enough ball. So I don't think they were holding them back and I think that's a bit of a lesson for them. Yeah, and it, actually something out of the provincial game I noticed too is um, even with those guys coming through was, was the ruck area. You know, they were, you know, especially up here, you see a lot of guys just flying in, trying to slow that ball down. Even the provincial side, if, if it wasn't on, they were out straight up on their feet, um, you know, ready to go into the defensive line. And it was just that one or two specialist sevens, which I'm a big fan of, you know, when they got their chance um, with their little cheat lines, they were really, really in there as well. So that's an area um, that, uh, you know, around the ruck and in, in, little inside balls, you know, early in that second half, I, I think six and a couple of times turning the ball back on fine, they, they, they created a few yards on that inside there. Nick, Nick, this is a from a British British guy to Kiwi. What is the best way to beat this New Zealand side at the moment? What if you were, if you were the coach of the Lions? How would you go about beating the All Blacks? Yeah, look, I think um, look first and foremost, uh, you, you've got to take them out of their comfort zone. Um, New Zealanders. If you can, if, if if they are easily put into their comfort zone within a match, um, you know, where they're where they're dominating the ruck uh, ruck speed, um, you know, they're dominating the game line defensively, and they have the ball in their hands. If you can mm-hmm. keep the ball away from them, um, you know, I think Ireland did that very well. They kept the ball away from for long periods of the time, and they cat and they had a crack at them all the time. You know, they weren't afraid from from playing from deep, but also mixing it up and putting the ball in behind the wingers, and only giving them one option where they could kick it out, not giving them a chance to make two passes. Mm-hmm. Uh, run to the other side, make a few yards, and then they're into that um, into their attack shape. So, look, I'm a big I'm a big fan from opposition teams having a crack, throwing something different than early on, um, but also playing to their strengths. Don't try and reinvent the wheel and try and do something crazy out of the ordinary. To you know, a bit like the Italian side. Look, you, you know, you can't you just you, you can't just keep doing it, trying to do that. You know, play to your strengths. You've got a very good four pack. Have a crack at them. Have a go at them, but also. Take them out of their comfort zone. Don't give them no, the I totally, ball. I totally, I totally agree with you. I think that's the only way to beat the All Blacks is to actually have a go at them. 
and the nearest I ever got to beating the All Blacks was in Auckland in, in 1990 mm. and uh, we we decided to have a go at the All Blacks in the first test and the second test and we got pretty close in the second test a game we probably should have won but but uh, yeah we didn't <laughs> <laughs> well I mean I, I, well, I have the distinction actually we winning one two, lost three and won two against the All Blacks so it's, and it, it's the same look um, Nicky, I don't know. Comment on on this. You won't beat the All Blacks up front sufficiently to dominate the game and you know screw them off the park. But no. the way you use that is like everything else. If you can put a little bit of pressure on the front five, so the ball isn't quite as good from the line out. You know, the scrum half yeah. has a bit more trouble. Then the backs aren't going forward as quickly. Then you can get you know. So the tackles are made there, just their side of the gain line, think, instead yeah. of the, right on the or your side. Then they're under pressure like everyone else, and then you can start scrapping. And you've got to keep at them, at them, at them. And then just like any other side, that is denied front football. It just becomes significantly diff- more, more, more difficult. Yeah, that the break, breakdown area. Nick mentioned it before. Yeah. The breakdown area is key, and if we can slow the All Blacks ball down and give them slow ball, uh, you know, they will resort revert to kicking and get Bowden Barrett or whoever's playing at ten or in midfield making decisions, making poor decisions. You make make one or two wrong decisions, and then it's making the most of those poor decisions that they make uh, in the game. Because in test matches, as you know, as you both know, that it's about. Opportunities, opportunities that come along, you've got to be clinical. Mm. You must take your chances. And I think that the lines. That's are, what, it, that's what be, it comes down to. Yeah, but I do. Th- I do op- yeah, I do think we've got to make the All Blacks think as a. We've got to keep them guessing what we're, what we're going to do in the Test match. But they've got to do this in the provincial games leading up to the to the Test matches as well. They've got they've, they've got to you know try the combinations, and they've got to ask questions of these provincial teams and and make them think. The uh, the, the All Blacks will create, you know five, six, seven opportunities, I'll probably take four, five, six of them. You know, the the Lions are going to have to create opportunities, but do they have the quality to finish them? Look, you know, they might only create three or four. They've got to nail them. They can't have, you know, little slip-ups, and that's going to be be the pressure that they're going to be under. I've got no no illusion, as you say, you know, it's going to be intense. Defensively, I think both teams will be fine, but there will be times, there will be opportunities that they will create. Do they have the quality to nail those opportunities when they come along, because that's what you're going to have to do. How much? How many um, All Blacks are, are, are seriously under threat of, of not making it through injury? Because Kieran Reid looks ah. as though he's going to make it. I'm not so sure yeah. about calls. Kino injuries, Kino. Yeah, I think Kino's got his knee injury. Um, I, I think he I, he might be a bit of a race against time for for the first test. Reid, obviously, the sound bites coming out, but he's going to be he's going to be there. He'll be a little bit undercooked uh, for the first test. Coles is probably the big worry for me. I'm not hearing a lot. You know, he, he he was back training and then he wasn't. He was going to be uh, on the bench and then he wasn't. Um, so look, I don't I, I don't know where he is at the moment. Ben Smith's got a you know a few recurring things with his with his head. Um, mm. You know, um, things like that. So and obviously Bowden Barrett. You know, he had one, but he obviously got through the weekend. So so that was good as well. Crossy is a new one that's just come up. Uh, Israel Dags obviously just come back now. So from a New Zealand point of view, it's good to see some of these guys coming back, um, which is good. Uh, obviously, we've, that most of those officers have got one more game uh, now until uh, until the test starts. So um, yeah, fingers crossed for, from our point of view. Is there, any, is there going to be any new faces in the All Blacks team this this test series? Any guys we've not heard of maybe before? 
Yeah, it'll be interesting, really. It's uh, my my big thing will be probably how the bench is going to be made up. I think uh, fullback's going to be an interesting selection uh, issue for me. I think uh, McKenzie has just been absolutely fantastic for the Chiefs. Yes, uh, has, ben Smith has. Has, has worked his way back. He hasn't been quite the Ben Smith we've been used to seeing. Um, I thought he was a lot better uh, against the Crusaders in the weekend. Um, you know, showed some really really good touches, but not to his back. Uh, you know, the the, the the way he was, uh, you know, when he was playing, absolutely fantastic. So, and then you've got Geordie Barrett, um, who who can kick goals. So, out of those those three, McKenzie and and Geordie Barrett can kick goals. So, you know, Bowden Barrett's not been kicking a lot of goals. Um, he kind of does a little bit of things, you know, here and there. So, fifteen is going to be interesting, and probably the makeup of the bench of that as well. Because that's one area that the, I think the Lions have got uh, superiority is the goal kicking stakes. Yeah, you know, I, agree. I think. Um, you know, I think Owen Farrell will play somewhere in the test team. I'm not sure your thought, but your thoughts on that. But I'm thinking he's going to be edging towards a 10 slot rather than the 12 slot for this test series. Um, but I think it's a massive advantage for the Lions to have a couple of quality goal kickers in the ranks. Yeah, I was I was really surprised at, at Sexton. You know, mm. the the way he played. It was, you know, it wasn't the Sexton that I'm used to seeing up here. Yeah. And I, I think you know he didn't play well. I didn't see the game. He didn't play play well for his last game for Leinster as well. So I'd say from a British Lions point of view, you know, his form is a little bit of a concern because I would have had Sexton Farrell. Um, you know, as, as a 10-12, but, you know, mm-hmm. watching what Farrell did when he came on and, you know, just orchestrated, you know, field position, uh, made a couple of really good quality passes. You know, I've never seen um, six and so many balls on the ground. No. Um, no. Yeah, it was just, it was just, he was just really off sorts. So, yeah, at the moment, you know, after the weekend, I, I think Farrell's probably got that 10, um, 10 uh, spot, you know, sewing up. Uh, Nick, uh, just a, a last question. Uh, which of the four... Um, provincial team is going to be the, the hardest one, do you reckon? Um, you, you, on paper, you'd probably say the Crusaders, the fact that they, they're 14-0 and 0 at the moment and um, just yeah. seem to find a knack of, uh, of beating anyone. Uh, you know, well coached at the moment, um, have got a good team. Uh, injuries haven't affected them as much as probably some of the other, other teams. Um, but I think probably the Chiefs, uh, I, I think the Chiefs will be really raring to go for this. Um, you saw what they did against, I know it was a, a, a very understrength kind of Wales side, but um, these boys, when they get together, they're a bit like the Maoris, uh, the Maori side. Um, you know, they've got a lot of pride, a lot of passion in that region of the world. And, um, you know, down there at Waikato Stadium, um, you know, the cowbells will be going. It'll be loud. It'll be really, really, it'll be really, really brave. I've been yeah. down there. Those, those bloody things, I tell you, Jesus. Yeah. Um, they, they get to your head, but um, no, I think I, I think they'll be really raring to go, and um, so I think for me that'll be a really really tough game. Nick, thanks very much. Great as always. Cheers, Nick. Not a problem. Speak to you later. Bye. Well, I think now we have we got Tyrone. We have got Tyrone back, which will you be great. Hi, <laughs> much better. We're <laughs> landline, <laughs> even better. Uh, we were we were. Let's take up where we were, where we were. We're talking about Johnny Sexton. Carry on. Yeah, well, I just thought it was so. It was a difficult afternoon for him. Yeah. Um, as as you just heard, you know, for form recently, it's been tricky as well, and he just desperately tried to make things happen again. Mm. You know, on a platform that wasn't really going for him. Yeah. But I certainly think that Farrell came on and looked commanding. Now you put all the other little bits of structure in place, and they were there for him. But at the same at the same time, he came on and added composure and real leadership there so I don't think I don't think Johnny's played himself out of that shirt um, but I think it's huge opportunities now for whoever else comes into the shirt or and the other positions you know in the next match and, or two I mean Craig and I were one of, one of the things is you you don't know what they're going to do with with the 12 I mean 
You know, yeah. Teo, we, we reckon, had a reasonable game, and uh, Henshaw, obviously, he's a huge power there. Yeah. Uh, playing Farrell there uh, gives Sexton more chance, but you know, what's your feeling about, about what they might do with the centres? Well, Gatland likes his bigs, his big 12s, which is why one of the reasons you know Teo's come in there and Henshaw's in there. I think also it slightly depends how you want to play the game. Mm. Because you know, if you've got your big uh, abrasive 12 in there, you're smashing them up, you're getting the hitting lines, you're trying to get them over the gain line and popping those offloads. Whereas Farrell is much more that sort of... Uh, uh, the second five-eighths in so Southern Hemisphere terms and a, a much more of a distributor in that 12 channel. So I think it slightly um, might depend on, on what the game plan is. The problem is is actually getting a cohesive, uh, coherent game plan where everybody's singing off the same hymn sheet because that's one of the big, big issues that they've got to address in a very short space of time. I think the blend in the midfield is going to be really important and that's who they go with at 13 as well. And, and looking at, I don't know if you watched much of the uh, Pro 12 recently, but they, I thought Jordan Davis has been in great form for the Scarlets and, and, and they're charged towards the Pro 12 title. And I think he's coming on to a real game now and I think he is the front runner for me at the moment. And I think you might see Henshaw and him play in the next game. And I'm not sure when the team's picked, but I'd like to see those two play together, definitely. I think certainly Gatland... You know, he he clearly will rev- not maybe revert to, but he knows these Welsh players mm. inside out. And if somebody's coming into form, been there, done that, that's yeah. that's a more straightforward selection to make. Yeah. You saw Jonathan Joseph had a very quiet game, um, and and on the front foot is is so dynamic, and you know is is a well he's a proven finisher. But first of all, you got to look at defence. And the defensive, there were a few leaks there, a few a few mistakes, and they've got to get that defensive line working as well. And Jonathan Davies in 13 is just, he's been around for so long. And, mm-hmm. you know, you saw with, let's say, Driscoll in the last couple of years, just having that just sort of intellectual property in that 13 shirt, mm-hmm. um, particularly against, you know, attacks which are going to cause all sorts of problems. You know, there's definite value there. And Henshaw, well, you know, the marker's been laid down to him by Teo. Henshaw's got to go out now and produce something. Um, so I think that, you know, as you say, it's a very interesting combination to play. But at the moment, probably you're looking at, I mean, it's so early days, mind you, but you're probably looking at a, at a Farrell Henshaw or Teo uh, Davies, you know, 10, 12, 13. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I think it's, it's tough. And it's, you probably see Dan Bigger play on, I think if, he, if he's fit, Dan Bigger yeah. should play on uh, on Wednesday. And that'll be Bigger, again, Bigger, Henshaw, and probably Jordan Davis that are playing in that midfield. Um, and, you know, Dan Bigger's probably outside, a real outside yeah. chance. But if he, has a good, if he has a good game, he puts his name in the hat. And that's what it's all about. Lions Tours is about impressing, you know, giving yourself a chance to be in that test side because that's what everyone wants to be at the end of the day. Yeah, I just think they've got such a, a short period of time together. Yeah. My, my my gut feeling is that slowly but surely they will revert back to Saracens, providing the core of that team. And that's an interesting call. That's, that's why, not... why do you say that? Well, I just think that you know they are the form side in the Northern Hemisphere. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you know you even saw the 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 impact of the bench, and I just think they've got a couple of just leaders in there mm-hmm. who are used to playing. Now they've been on a roll. 
um, you take the extra game out of it. But when it when it matters, they have stepped up and they seem to just have that ability to raise their game to, to another level. And there is also that that understanding between them. And I just think that you're going to see. Uh, I, I I personally think that quite a few of the Saracens players will come to the fore, and and almost it's it's unthinkable to to see a, a test team sheet without them on it. What uh, at the end of the day, uh, you, have you heard? Presumably, you've read like we all have the. It wasn't um, it wasn't um, a direct criticism, but the difference of opinion um, between Eddie Jones possibly and 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 you know how, as to how how you go around beating the All Blacks that you don't necessarily play um, you know a direct game. What's your thoughts on that? I, I think given the, the lack of time they've got together, set piece is absolutely massive, and they've got to really try and take them on up front. And so getting me so very you know. They didn't certainly get the upper hand in the scrums, particularly, um, and the lineouts were, were decent enough. Cruz coming in and nicking one as well. I just think their set piece has got to be just that non-negotiable, um, the foundations. But and I think they've got. I mean, I'm just not convinced that the skill set in the northern hemisphere matches the southern hemisphere. If it comes down to skills, then uh, then we will come short. But I think in terms of a, a, a direct aggressive abrasive game and maybe you know having the kickers that you've spoken about being able to convert those three points it doesn't matter whether they're one point wins i don't think we're going to be winning test matches 40 points to 20 i think it's going to be much tighter and and they're going to be coming down to drop goals and penalties and and just fine fine decisions by referees i mean i don't know what you thought brian about the referee but i mean uh, there were there were some baffling decisions that, that only a Southern Hemisphere referee would you make. You better get used that, to those. Well, I, I was going to say, it, it's a big difference who referees. We've got two French referees in the second and third test, which will also be interesting. You've know, you got South African in the first test. So, I mean, there are all these different, um, there are all these different sort of factors in the, in the mix. What, what I would say is that, that, I, that Graham Henry has said is this schedule is suicidal. And yeah. what what is for me most concerning is that you've already got Gatland um, really drawing attention to the, to the um, the schedule, and whoever arranged a game three days after yeah. stepping off a plane, you just you do have to question how much rugby they've played, yeah. uh, and they probably and they probably played a heck of a lot, but it's it's absolutely insane. Well, uh, we will soon see. Th- thanks very much for for your persistence. Tyrone. Cheers, Brian. I'll see you. I'll, uh, I'll buy you a drink when we next meet in intervals. Good man. Good man. Cheers. Look bye forward bye. to it. Cheers, Cheers bye. Bye bye. QBE Business Insurance, principal partner of the British and Irish Lions. Time now to uh, speak to someone who's heading off to Argentina to to officiate fairly shortly. Nigel Owens, where, where, when are you going? Uh, flying tomorrow night, uh, Brian. Uh huh. Jolly good. Um, BA or because you uh, might not get yes, there. I, um, oh, actually, yes, I am. Actually, I am BA. <laughs> oh, so you want to ring, ring up first, mate? I'll be fine. <laughs> yeah, I tell you what. With the, very simple. Uh, I just want you to uh, alert everyone to the law um, variations that are going to be faced by the Lions. Um, there's not that much changes. Not to many. Be with there you. are when, a few, though, aren't there? There are a few, yeah. But when somebody's just sort of sitting and looking at the game, probably won't even notice them because mm-hmm. <clears throat> there are only a couple of sort of little changes. Uh, for example, um, uh, if the if the referee gives a penalty and the clock has now gone to 80 minutes, mm-hmm. uh, in the past you could opt for a scrum or you could tap and go, or you could kick for the for the post. You didn't have the option of kicking the touch and taking the line out. Mm-hmm. 
This year now that has changed. Or if the referee will give a penalty, time is up. The team can still have an option of kicking to the line-out and taking the, the line-out as if they were taking a scrum in the past. Um, you also then have a change in the uncontested scrum rule. Uh, for example, if a team goes to uncontested scrum for whatever mm-hmm. reason, they must have eight in the scrum all the time. So, for example, that means you may have to put one of your backs into the to the back row or in the second row or whatever. So if you've gone all through the procedure... You'll never um, get a back in the second row, Nigel. Well, <laughs> sorry, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You, you just wouldn't get them in the front five. I tell you one thing, some of them could actually go in there. But George Jimmy, North could, yeah. George North and Jamie Roberts and stuff wouldn't have got a place in the second row, that's for sure. Um, um, so you'd have to have eight in the scrum at all the t- all times. So yeah. that will then sort of um, free up a bit more um, of the sort of space around the field it'll also then prevent the team from sort of going to uncontested scrums easily just to defend the game or see the game out or something so that's the idea of that so that's the other change and then the other change is just little things of um, penalty try Um, it'll be an automatic seven points you won't have to take the conversion and then the other little things are the doing the touch when the ball is in touch so if you think for example if the player had one foot in touch and one foot in the field of play and catches the ball, it was deemed last year that it would be his line out because he was ready in touch. This year, it'll deem to be that uh, it'll be the opposition line out that he's taken it into touch if the ball is still in the field of play. (coughs) And as well, let's say the ball last year, if the ball was rolling towards you, Yep. and you had a foot in touch and picked the ball up, it would be your line-out because the ball was still moving. If the yep. ball became stationary and you picked it up, it would be the opposition line-out. But this year that has changed. And the same goes for the 22, the dead ball area and the try-line. So, for example, if the ball is rolling towards the try-line yep. and, and the ball is still moving and you've got one foot over the try line, and you pick the ball up before it reaches the try line and put it down. Last year, that would have been a drop of 22. This year, it'll be scrum five. It'll be deemed that you have taken it back. Uh-huh. So the rolling ball makes no difference this year. So those really are. What, what the about the what about the in goal area? In, sorry, same the same thing. Same if thing. you have an in goal area and the ball is rolling and you pick it up, yeah. then you will have deemed to have taken it dead, which means you won't have the option of the scrum back. It'll be a drop of 22 this year. Whereas right. last year, you would have the the option of the scrum back. Okay, so we're, we're, the, you're not, not going to see really. So, you know, somebody is looking at the game with with a naked eye is not really going to notice. There'll be no difference losing the structure of the way the game is played. It's just those one, a couple of little things which have been changed to try and bring everything into line and, and bring the consistency of of sort of decision making into uh-huh. it. Really, do you know the the, the choice of the, the, the two French and uh, I think one South African? Do you know how the those are uh, those are put together by World Rugby. Yeah, quite simply, Brian, to be honest with you. Um, you first of all have to take out the British referees. So yeah. no Irish, Scottish, English or Welsh. They are mm. out of the equation anyway because uh, it's down to all neutrality because that's part of the participation agreement this year in New Zealand and I think it was the same in, in Australia in 2013 because in 2009 there's only three Northern Hemisphere referees ever refereed Lions games and they weren't the tests they were the midweek provincial games. Mm-hmm. That was myself, Alan Roland, and Wayne Barnes. In 2009, we refereed a game each in the midweek games. And in the past, you'd have a South African referee, or, for example, when the Lions went to New Zealand in 2005, 
the games were refereed by some New Zealand referees in provincial games. Mm-hmm. That has gone now. It is all part of the participation agreement that they are, that they are neutral referees. Um, well, not from the countries of the teams that are playing. And then basically take them out of the equation. Um, they've simply, what they've done, uh, quite rightly so, is they, they've chosen, uh, Alan Roland and his team of selectors would have selected, in their view, the top three referees available to referee the three Lions game, and then this is where you've landed up with two French and, and a South African. So it's simple as that, really. They've I, picked the best for the best. I, I know, I know it's, not gonna, it's not going to happen, and, but, but and I will be one of the players who would say that you could be trusted to, to not, not be influenced. Would you like to ref a Lions game? <laughs> A great honour, and if I had to, um, and, and he's in a, as a proud Welshman, if, if I had to referee Wales England, um, I would referee the both teams exactly the same, and that's the nature of you as a referee. But when I'm sitting at home watching Wales England, then <laughs> then yeah. I'm supporting Wales, of course. But uh, <laughs> yeah. if I had to referee it, um, it would make no difference. You would just referee it as you would referee the two teams. You'd be refereeing red and, and white, basically, and that's probably the biggest compliment I've ever had of a few people, and a lot of them would be English people as well when they've said we. we trust you to referee a Wales-England game and that is probably the biggest compliment that one could get as a referee, I guess. Who are your um, court officials um, going over with you to do the uh, uh, England-Argentina test series? Um, John Lacey will be my assistant referee for the first game Mm -hmm. and then I will reverse the role then for the second test I will be his assistant and I fly home. And then um, we have um, Luke Pierce from England will fly out then to referee Argentina, Georgia. John Lacey will stay on to run touch of it. And then my uh, AR this year is from uh, a new young referee from South Africa. Mm-hmm. And my TMO is from New Zealand. So that'll be the team of... I'd better check, actually, who my team was. <laughs> <laughs> I've looked, I noticed all the appointments when they came through to us about eight weeks ago, ten weeks ago, but um, yeah. then I haven't, I haven't checked up then. Yeah, but it's a New Zealand referee. Will, a New Zealand referee will be my team more, I'm pretty sure. Right? So are, are they, are they law, the law changes, presumably, will apply to, to you as well in Argentina? They apply from all international games now, Brian, and all the yeah. games being played in the Super Rugby, for example. It was a bit... Um, if you go back to the England Barbarians game last weekend, you had the, the Pro 12 final, the Viva final, and then the uh, European playoff played on Friday and Saturday that weekend, and then the English game on Sunday against the Barbarians was being played by the new laws. And then when Ulster played the Barbarians then on Thursday, they went back to the old laws because it was a club game between Ulster and the Barbarians. But now, from June the 1st on now, all, all the matches now will be played uh, under the new law, and what's something for people to to, to be aware of as well, um, the the laws that are being applied in the under twenties tournament at the moment yeah. will not be in effect in in effect in the international. Some of those are trials; they've been trialed in the under twenties. Right. So the under twenties will play the same laws that we are playing in Argentina, England next week, for example, and the Lions will play. But there are other laws in the under twenties being trialed as well as part of the global trial in that tournament but they will not be in law in so some of the laws you're seeing in the under 20s at the moment uh, they won't be part of the the internationals coming coming up or the season starting in september i don't think uh-huh. nigel um can i bless you uh, have a safe flight mate uh, come back in uh, one piece and we'll, we'll, we'll speak to you again soon hey thanks very much brian thank you take care See you bye bye well, very shortly we'll be speaking to Earl Crabtree about uh, the weekend's um, uh, Super League action 
some interesting results as always. But Craig, before we do that, um, do you, have you ever? Have you? Ever, I mean, I, I I referee probably two or three games a year just to to mess about games, and they're very easy because they're very slow <laughs> and so on. Um, have you ever fancied doing that? Refereeing, no. No? <laughs> I, tried to, I tried to do it as a player. As you're both, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, as most tens and nines do, they, yeah. they, you know, they do a lot of talking and, yeah. and uh, in the referee's ear quite a lot. A bit like yourself, Brian. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. <laughs> but one. it's a tough job and, you know, I think, you know, what... what um, Nigel's saying there, you know, he's so impartial. You know, mm. he is the best referee in the world. I, I, I like him. Him and Wayne Barnes for me are mm. two excellent referees. And uh, yeah, you, you trust him to do a Welsh Scotland game or yeah, you know, England uh, England yeah. England Wales game, whatever. The only law that the new law that he's, <laughs> he talked about just now that I'm, as a kicker, I'd be really not happy with is the the penalty try one because the easiest two points you're ever going to get. Oh, because you don't get them. That's <laughs> right. Eh? <laughs> Fair enough. Well, a few kickers are not happy not happy with that one. But yeah. uh, but no, I, th- I think uh, you know, refereeing is a tough tough job. And you mentioned Scottish referees. We need to get one or two. We've got one or two good young referees coming through at the moment. Mike Adamson is a good young referee ex-player who understands the game very well so you know I'm looking forward to seeing one or two Scottish young Scottish referees coming through and, yeah. and getting themselves back in the well good because I mean the, the, it's been a while because Scotland used to have a great reputation for having yeah. really good referees you know Hosey and other people like that very normal Sanson Jim uh, Fleming Jim Fleming, Fleming um, Anderson yeah, who was, was the guy with the tash um, Megson Megson Ray <laughs> Rocking, yeah. Rocking Ray Megson Rocking Ray <laughs> yeah it was, yes but they, but they had a crop which were, uh, were very good and really well Respect and this, you know, seem to have dropped off, which is a shame. Anyhow, um, it's time now to uh, hear from uh, another member of the team behind the team. Well, as uh, regular listeners uh, know, as uh, we were building up to the uh, British and Irish Lions tour to New Zealand, we were bringing you the full story of those who made the tour possible. The team behind the team, supported by QBE Business Insurance. Now that the tour has actually started, it's even more pertinent. And this week, we're going to hear from uh, Dr. Inna Falvey the head of the Lions medical team, and I began by asking him about his own backroom staff. We've got a great team. We've got um, three very experienced physiotherapists, um, Prav Masima, Phil Pask and Bob Stewart. Mm-hmm. Um, and between them, they've got, uh, they've got nine uh, Lions tours between them. So we're, um, and we have two massage therapists, uh, David Revens and Angela Rickard, and yeah. myself. Are there any other doctors going on the tour? No, no, I'm the, I'm the doctor going. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah. We spoke uh, previously to uh, several lines, and, and I mean, Lawrence Delalio had a famous story about being injured in New Zealand uh, yeah. and uh, going to A&E and finding there was only a junior uh, yeah. on because everyone was watching the game. Now, yeah. uh, that eventuality won't happen nowadays, will it? No, no, it's it's actually there's a quite a, a structured format now to how how games are covered and looked after. So, <clears throat> World Rugby would have an international standard. So for every game that you attend, and the the host nation, so in this case New Zealand, but for example during the Six Nations or any any international game like that. So if there's a game on the Millennium Stadium in in, in Cardiff. You have to have um, a, a whole coterie of doctors present. So you'll have mm-hmm. an emergency physician who can look after, say, for example, an airway issue. You'll have an orthopedic surgeon. You'll have an ophthalmologist to look after eye injury. You'll have a maxillofacial surgeon who looks after 
facial fractures okay. um, you'll have a radiologist on call to, to perform any imaging you'll have a dentist on call and you have basically you have every eventuality covered and all of those specialists are at the pitch nowadays mm-hmm. so they're in they're in the in the medical room so when when a player uh, is transferred into the medical room if they require further management such as in Lawrence's case where he had a fracture he will be taken to the hospital by the orthopedic surgeon mm-hmm. at that time and looked after how much information will you have per player on their medical history? Yes, that's something we've done an awful lot of work on as well. It's, it's, it's a difficult situation because, you know, even now we don't know, uh, we know who's coming into us this week, but we, we, you know, depending on how the semi-finals of the game's coming up go, we'll, yes. we'll either have guys next week or not. So we could have up to 14 players just coming in on the Sunday before we travel on the Monday. So what we've done to try and preempt that is that we've gone around and we've, over the last month, met all of the players named in the squad face-to-face. Mm-hmm. And what we do in that scenario is we go to them, we find out, you know, are there any particular medications they take? Are there any particular issues they're dealing with at the moment? And players deal with issues in many ways. For example, um, an, an ongoing minor injury, which isn't stopping a player from, from playing any matches, but it might change how he trains. So, for example, he might have a down day in the week extra compared to the rest of the team so that he can manage his load. This is crucial information for us, for us and the strength and conditioning team to make sure that we don't overload players when they come into us because... Um, as you'll appreciate, getting a team to play as a team in a very short period of time is extremely difficult. And uh, one of the ways to do that is for them to work together hard because, you know, it, it creates an esprit de corps and, and, and an ability to get on with each other. But we need to be sure that we're not overloading guys who aren't able to be loaded mm-hmm. as much as we'd like them to. So going around and meeting them face to face, finding out things like how they have their, for example, certain guys will have joints strapped for training and playing, finding out exactly how that's done, getting videos of all that which we, we have on file for them so that when they come in here to be strapped for a game, that that's done in exactly the same manner that it was done before. Mm-hmm. Um, and basically trying to get absolutely as much information on them as we can uh, beforehand. Uh, so we've met them all, they know us, and then when they come in, it, it's, it's much less about trying to catch up and more just trying to update. I suppose you'll th- need things like uh, any unusual blood types because if you have serious injuries and yep. they have to be rushed off, yep. uh, you'd need to make sure that um, that was available, wouldn't you? Yeah, it, it's even probably that, and that would be one of the more basic things. But it, it, even even on a, on a more basic level, what kind of allergies people have? Yes. Are there, you know, do they ha- have they had reactions to certain medications before? You know, do they have a needle phobia? Certain certain players do. These are all pieces of information that can be extremely upsetting and unnerving when something bad happens. Mm-hmm. And by being aware of them, you you can offset that quite well. You know. Yeah. I, how much equipment will you take? <laughs> Lots. <laughs> lots we, we've spent the last we've, we've been here in Vale for the last two days and we, we we've been basically um trying to pack everything up to go it, it's it's a very unusual basically you you get all of the equipment you would require to run a team um and you you start from scratch you travel around a country for six and a half weeks with it and then you disband it again so you have almost everything that any of the any of the the professional teams playing have, mm-hmm. uh, but you've got to have it all completely mobile, uh, portable, 
um, and you need to know where everything is. So mm. at the moment now we have about we have all of our equipment in about uh, 30 pelly cases, yep. um, and they're all labelled and inventoried, and we've got everything there. So we we've got to bring it all with us. So from the smallest things like you know your you know, medications, but all of your rehab material, all of your, um, just down to what the masseurs like to use for their for yeah. their physical therapy. There, you have to plan, uh, and I think delving into the experience that the guys have, uh, that's that's a great way for us to make sure that we're not cut out on anything. You know, can you explain the extra difficulties that traveling so frequently causes to the treatment of injuries? Uh, apart from, you know, just as physically having to pack things up and unpack things. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, there are a couple of points to that. The first is generally the matches are on a Saturday and a Tuesday. So what what happens is that you play a match on a Saturday and you travel on a Sunday. But normally, in a normal course of events, if you were to have, say, for example, have somebody a soft in, soft tissue injury like a calf injury, Yes, you you may well travel back after the game that night, but then you're you're at your home base for the rest of the week. Mm-hmm. Whereas we'll travel on the Sunday to the new venue. We'll on that that Monday, the following day will be our the main treatment day for that. But that's the main the the day before the next game yes. happening on the Tuesday. So. What, what's very important is that we split our resources well and that we have people looking after the fallout from a game, but then the other half of the team is getting ready for the next game. And you've got to, you know, there's even some crossover between there'll be players who will be involved in one game and be involved in the next one as well. Mm-hmm. For those short turnarounds, that's not that's not going to be terribly usual, but it, it will happen. So it certainly it certainly does uh, provide a a planning challenge more so than an actual uh, therapeutic challenge because mm-hmm. you know the treatment is the treatment you you mm-hmm. you apply the same principles of treatment you know you remove the insult you uh, restore function and you retrain so that 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 remains regardless of where you're doing it but the the time constraints around what you're doing um, do pro, do provide significant challenges. Um, when you're flying long distances, it, that certainly has, you know, a physiological effect. You, yeah. you were flying uh, every, after nearly every game, but, but mm. much uh, for, for less time. Yes. Are you yes. in the air long enough for for any uh, no. unfortunate squad? No. Not really. No. I mean, they're all very brief flights. I mean, it it it's while while it it's reasonably geographically spread out, they aren't yeah. massive difference. Not 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 such for the in the previous tour. You know, we flew from from Perth to Brisbane and we flew from Brisbane down to Melbourne. They they were they're pretty long trips yeah. um and and certainly would have taken their toll but but these are these are short hops really. Yeah. Um, and in some cases the 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 hops are so short that the, there's even small planes. So it's less of an issue but again I think I you know as you'll experience yourself I think any time you go up into a high pressure into a pressurized cabin I think it's quite draining and tiring mm-hmm. in its own right and it does have a toll. Undoubtedly, players are going to get injured and there will be more than minor injuries for some, unfortunately. At what point do you decide, um, I'm sorry, uh, your tour is over and uh, we need a replacement? Yeah, again, that, that that's it's a moving target because, you know, if somebody can't perform their duties uh, or they're not going to be able to do their job, then, then it makes it reasonably easy. So, for example, somebody having a fracture or mm-hmm. having a major ligament disruption, I mean, that that's 
you arrive at your diagnosis, you know what's wrong. The player's going to be out of action for somewhere between eight and, you know, eight weeks or six months. And that immediately rules that player out. So, unfortunately, that's about delivering the bad news to them in a sensitive manner. But the tricky ones are, for example, you know, a calf strain or, yeah. for example, or a hamstring injury or, or, or a more minor fracture. So if you look at the last tour, I mean, they'd be well documented. We wouldn't be breaking any confidences. But, you know, Alex Corbusero struggled mm-hmm. with his calf and Jamie Roberts had a hamstring and Tommy Bow had, a, had a, a bone fracture and all of them played significant roles in the final. Mm-hmm. Um, and they were people who we rehabilitated. So I think some of that is down to the coach, uh, you know, um, trusting in his medical team and some of it is down to um sometimes getting lucky and sometimes it's down to a lot of hard work uh, where you know you you do all the right things and 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 the you regain the player's function and they can do their job so, so that doesn't always work out but i think um if there is a possibility these guys are picked because they're the best players mm-hmm. um and when they're no longer going to be better than guys who are better than them, and then that that makes a decision for you. What technology do you use for the specific uh, diagnosis? Because I've been, and I know that you're able now to get to the sort of information to coaches that says this player will be 85% fit within X days Mm. and he'll be able to play X minutes and if you want him to play a full game, it'll be a few days longer and so on. How... How has that been made possible? Well, some of it is some of it is around diagnostics, where you have extremely accurate um, tests, such as a magnetic resonance imaging, where yeah. we can not only see whether or not muscle is torn, but we can see the degree of inflammation and bleeding around that, and that will then. When 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 blood vessel breaks and we bleed into soft tissue, it's 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 irritating for the soft tissue, and that's there as a protective mechanism in mm-hmm. your body, but how much it bleeds and the amount of swelling you have, that very much dictates how quickly you'll regain function. So that's why we work so hard at, um, you know, using our game-ready equipment to to get get the get the swelling down. We use, you know, uh, early mobilization. We use, um, you know, immersion in in the pool, etc., to try and get the swelling down absolutely as quickly as possible and regain function as quickly as we can so what you're able to do then is on the back of that you're able to give the coach a a, a time guideline based on the mri scan but then as you go along it's down to function really it's down to what guys can do and having a very good idea of where players are and then mm-hmm. where they need to be so if you if you don't have a good idea what what a guy's capabilities are Trying to plot that in terms of their recovery is uh, is very difficult. So the more information, as we mentioned earlier, we have, the easier that gets. And then putting together a good structure, right, what you're doing is you're you're prognosticating rather than guaranteeing. There's no way of guaranteeing what yeah. way the rehab's going to go, but you can give you can give an accurate gauge. So if the, if, for example, you have the player and he's only running at 65%, there's no way he's going to get back to play the game quickly whereas if you have a player and he's running at 85 90 percent you can say to the coach look listen if this continues the way it is in a week's time he will be running at 100 percent we'll be able to get him out there but because he's been out of action now for three weeks you know he's probably going to fatigue so you're unlikely to get more than 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 three quarters out of him so that's 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 how you we judge it usually and how will that apply to the thorny issue of concussion head injury assessments yeah, I mean, I, I think, I think, thankfully, that's the 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 whole assessment and how we manage it. I think has become a lot clearer in the last 
in the last couple of years, to be honest. I mean, if we were on the last tour, we didn't have the head injury assessment to use. Um, so, so we'll be using the head injury assessment now. And I think everybody who who I've been involved with um, is up to speed now that we just don't take any chances. Mm-hmm. You know, um, at the end of the day, um, games are games, but guys' brains, they're the only ones that they've got. Um, we've got to look after them. So I think where there is a doubt, the player is removed. So if there is a suspicion of concussion, they're removed from the field of play and they don't go back on. And just finally, I was uh, uh, in Australia for the last uh, tour mm. and, I, and I was flying back and I couldn't get a flight until uh, the following uh, Monday. So it was two days after the final test and guys were still there saying, um, well, I'm waiting for my assessment insurance-wise yeah. uh, to get handed over. Can you explain that to people? Well, it's it, it, and that, that varies on from tour to tour how how that's structured. But basically, we would uh, all of the players when when before players come in to to tour with us, we would have, we would go through every every injury that they've got and every every um, potential injury that that may reoccur. So a lot of the time with players, it's not just a fresh injury; it's an injury that may, for example, have been on and off for a while, and then changing your training or changing where you are can can make the the injury more apparent. So from that perspective, um, if somebody, for example, has you know an ongoing problem with their ankle or knee, mm-hmm. we need to know about that so that it doesn't affect their performance on the tour. But by the same token, if they when they when they finish the tour, we need to make sure that we're handing them back to the club in 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 the best possible condition. Mm-hmm. And if they have any issues that have arisen on the tour we need to get them sorted out for them so everybody is is uh, goes through the it happens we, so last year we did it on the monday and the tuesday where we went through you, everybody has to go through a full medical to make sure that there's nothing that needs to be dealt with or sorted out before they go back to their club or country always fascinating to hear the team behind the team i'm sure that uh, the people uh, i'm sure the listeners will appreciate just the sort of job and the sort of pressure the the backroom staff are under. You know, you see, for them, I mean, it's always great as a player. You, there's a lot of pressure on you, but for them, it's almost twenty four seven. The detail they go to nowadays is, is unbelievable. Um, it was much more simple back in the day when you had a physio and a doctor, and that was it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but yeah. psychologists, all kinds. You know, I, but you know, listen. It's obviously looking after the players. They try to make it as as easy as possible for them mm-hmm. and give them everything they've got to to win this test series. And mm-hmm. uh, you know, um, the you know. They're great. They're, they're good people, and, and they'll you know they'll have great memories. But yeah. they're going to be great for the team, and uh, hopefully they'll they'll uh, make it make that difference. Uh, yeah, and next week we'll have another um, team behind the team. And thanks to the QBE Business Insurance, who support this podcast, and the team behind the British and Irish Lions. QBE are about building the strongest possible partnerships, one team, and collaboration across multiple countries to give businesses the confidence to achieve their ambitions. Right. Finally, um, time to go to the great game of Rugby League and pleased to speak to um, one of the best contributors we have and a person who always who always comes and helps us out, Earl Crabtree. Good evening, Earl. Good evening. How are you Hi, doing, Earl. man? I'm all right, mate. Yeah, now then, you, um, you saw, well, it was a huge, uh, huge win today for Huddersfield. Yeah, we actually uh, went into this game and we're playing a little bit better than we have done in previous weeks. I think uh, over the last three games, we weren't brilliant, but we improved. Now, going to this, I think we had a little bit of confidence. Warrington not playing so well. I know it's just improving by little bits and little margins. But I didn't expect the victory that we got. 44 points 
thought was a ridiculous outcome well, for eight, us. Well, eight, eight tries. I mean, they, 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 I've said this before, but it, it almost seems to me Danny Bruff is there and plays well, and everything, and the world is happy. Um, when he's not, and he's suspended, or he's got the he's got the hoof because he's not, you know, he's not captaining or whatever. Then, 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 then the world is is tragic. Is it as simple as that, or is there an element of truth in that? No, I don't know. I think he gets a lot of hard press, and um, he's the sort of person that, for me personally, he's actually one of my uh, best friends, believe yeah. it or not, out of rugby league. I mean, we're chalk and cheese, we're totally different people, but what he does for the team, what he does for the club, and also just off the field as well, is, is nothing but professional. And mm-hmm. um, I, I love what he actually um, contributes towards the team, and every time he plays, he plays with his heart on his sleeve. He really does. And sometimes he does mouth off a little bit too much. Sometimes he says the wrong thing. Sometimes he makes a couple of mistakes or gives away a bad penalty. Mm-hmm. but he wants to win it's that desire to win that it makes him such an influential player and mm-hmm. I think sometimes if you have that desire, desire throughout the rest of the team at times then I, I, I think you'd be very very tough and today we just seem like a different team Bruffy back in Jordan Turner as well making his debut after coming back from Canberra Raiders from Australia yeah. he was fantastic Jamie McGilvery as always Jake Mamo looked exceptional and uh, it, it, it looked for the first time that it was actually starting to come together um, are they going to miss Turner's going the other way? Is that is that uh, are they, is that wise? Um, I, it's hard to say, really. You just never know exactly what's uh, sort of going on. I think um, you know Warrington, for instance, just seems to be going in a, in a bad direction, and mm-hmm. you never know really what's gone on. And um, I, I know from in the past what's happened with us is when we've been playing by people start saying it's something that's happening in the background. Mm-hmm. It's not always the case. Sometimes it is the players, it's sometimes injuries, and um, who really knows? But Tony Smith, I think at the moment, is going to be uh, finding it pretty tough. He's under a lot of pressure, and today was the first time I've actually seen a Warrington team like that look so bad. Mm-hmm. They looked like they didn't, they weren't up for it, they had no energy, and physically they weren't in the battle, and that's not the Warrington of the past. Yep. Hi, Earl. Craig Chalmers here, how are you? I'm great, mate. You? Good, good, good. Looking at, looking at Leeds Rhinos against Leeds Centurions, Leeds Rhinos are playing far better this year. They, they, they're obviously up the top of the table. Um, Leeds Centurions, can they survive? Have they got enough quality or deep, enough depth in the squad to survive? It's an interesting one, that, because they beat us at the beginning of the season. They mm. started off on fire. I think they won the first three games straight. I actually said some comments on the Super League show which actually offended some of them. I actually got a phone call from Lee Centurions <laughs> basically giving me a bit of grief about what I said. Now, they walked out, when I said it, they walked out with a bit of cockiness, arrogance, and um, they, they want to basically knock people around a little bit. I see, I see them now as a team that look a little bit more scared. They look like they're not quite as confident anymore because this is the grind of Super League week in, yeah, week out yeah, against yeah. the best teams in the country. It's not that easy. And I meant them as compliments, those words that I was using yeah. for them, because you need an element of that in any professional sport. But uh, lead the lacking confidence. They've got the players. They play some lovely rugby league at times. They throw the ball around. But at the moment, I, I think they're definitely one of the favourites to go down. And yeah. I can't see them getting out of that for the time being. Now, there's, a, there's been a, 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 you know, a lot of debate um, about player welfare. And, uh, you know, I listened to a, a discussion with Kyle Amor and uh, Richie Mathers yeah. and uh, Tony Hannan about, about, you know, just what is or isn't going on and the, the, the magic weekends and the, and the amount of games that uh, players are playing. Um, where do you stand on all that? I don't like the double uh, Easter weekends, as we kind of refer them to, where yeah. you're playing two games over 
a matter of about three days, I think is disgraceful. I don't think it's great as in uh, for the, the health of the players, the welfare of the players. But also, as a fan of rugby league, I think it lacks the quality. Mm-hmm. I think if you start playing games over two, you know, three games over ten days, seven, eight, nine days, whatever it may be, I mm. think you start to lose the quality because the players are fatigued. I think yep. their abilities is hampered by this. And it is obviously about welfare, but also I think if you're trying to advertise a sport, yeah. don't put everybody under ultimate amounts of fatigue yeah. to try and then present your sport in the best light. I well, think it's it's daft. Well I thought that you know I thought that, that was reflected in the in the in the whole Wigan game. Um, yeah. You know, I, Sorry, thought, yeah. I just thought that you know, in what in the one sense, you know, you had a lot of tries scored, but um, you got the feeling that no, people, of course, people were trying, but you know, physically, you you just it felt to me as though it was you know just a, a minutes too far, and 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 in, in other circumstances, it wouldn't have been like that. I, I totally agree with you, and I think another game as well was the Leeds game. I think it was absolutely horrendous. There was a lot of penalties, a lot of errors, and really scrappy. The teams go out there to put in 100%. That's what you do as a player. You naturally have to get yourself up for any sort of game and almost like ignore your fatigue or the fact that you're injured or you've got a couple of little knocks here and there. But when you go into the game, you can't hide from that. It, mm-hmm. It's going to hit you. It's going to get you. If you're dehydrated or anything like that, it will actually affect you. And you can see that in the games and how the teams are playing and I, I think you'd see from what Huddersfield did today having that extra day off which mm-hmm. was controversial made a massive difference the energy levels the, the the fact that they just didn't drop the ball didn't give many penalties away it made a massive difference to how we played and Warrington I'm not giving them a, as an excuse because I think they were woeful but they possibly could have been a little bit better if they hadn't played an extra game yep uh, well Salford another thrashing um, against Catan, Can I, this year, um, what surprised me is the number of games that uh, we're seeing that are recording seven, eight, nine, ten tries, uh, as if one side has almost given up, and that's not the way that rugby league is. I know that that's not happening on purpose, and yet um, the sides are recording these monumental try counts. Is it what's going on? I think it's definitely a mentality side of it. And I've been under those um, situations, in them situations, sorry, under that sort of pressure where one, uh, you know, the opposition basically is just getting a roll on. Yeah. It's very, very hard to stop and win this actually putting Catalan to bed. Um, I, I think it, it looks like a team that have given up on themselves. And I think players do give up. They don't believe in themselves. And I've been in those situations where you're just kicking the ball back to them and they're going to score on the next set again. And yeah. you have no confidence and you just can't seem to do anything right. And the pass of the ball obviously goes to the opposition. Um, but I, I don't think you, you give up, but yeah. you're all already beat, if you know what I mean. Yeah, no, I know um, and um, sometimes it's just very, very hard to stop to get out of that rut. Um, Salford are a club that have always interested me. I, mean, I suppose it's it's it's, it's um, Mr. Kukash's, uh influence. You know, you, you you rarely get to hear about owners in rugby league, uh, and yet you do there. Uh, Their form this 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 uh, this year. I was surprised that they got knocked over by Wakefield. Yeah, me too. But do you know what? With Wayfield, they've been playing really well. And they're the two teams I sort of compare to each other. In the past, some of the players have gone from either side to each other. Mm-hmm. And they're, they're what you probably call in rugby league terms loose cannons. People who actually, probably like a drink, 
more than most other players and to have the ability, the, the great ability which makes them borderline geniuses or um, numbskulls. And um, a lot of the times they turn into that person that you don't yeah. really want at your club. And um, I, I don't like to see that as yeah. uh, ex-professional. But what they've got now is professionals. The likes uh-huh. of Scott Griggs, who was the ultimate professional at Huddersfield, going to Wakefield, and he will put that across that message across. And they've got they've had good advice. They've got great players that will go over there and work hard and know how to do it to the best of their ability and also at a professional level. Yeah. And um, I think Marwan's actually finally got a good advice about the players that he's signing. Yeah. And he's done the exact same thing. And um, they're getting the rewards for it. They're signing good players that work hard and yeah. do the right things. And that's really important. How good is Keaton Brown? He's, he's very good. He's, a, he's an exciting player. Very, very fast. Uh, got great ability. Knows where the try line is as well. I think he got another hat trick this week. And he's he's um, one of those players that you have to watch out for. He's never been the sort of player where I thought he'd, he'd do all the damage himself. But Salford are a great team that keep putting people in good positions, going from Salford. And um, then Wakefield find themselves in the same sort of similar position where they throw the ball around now. They're not scared to play. They score points and um, it was another tight game between the two scoring quite a lot of points, about 50 odd points in the game. And uh, it's good to see. I think that's, that's the beauty of um, any, any sort of sport when you can score tries and make it entertaining. And I think that's what we do quite well. Yeah. Errol, as a sort of a, a, a union man, but like my league, it's good to see some of the, obviously the traditional teams over the years, St. Helens, Leeds, uh, Wigan, those teams aren't at the top. You've got Salford, Castleford, Wakefield, Hull. You know, these teams are really pushing for the for the title this year, and that's good to see for me. Yeah, you know, I think in the past, obviously, we've had issues with um, the fact that there's no salary cap, so you could buy whichever players you, you really wanted to, and um, that kind of meant that a lot of teams were going over to Australia purchasing their best players and bringing mm, them over and right. they just won absolutely everything the salary cap's tightened that up and also exchange rate funnily enough <laughs> is a lot yeah. a lot of Aussies can't come over here because they don't get paid quite as much yeah, money it's yeah. quite simple so that means you have to invest in the youth so more younger yeah. players are coming through the ranks and yeah. St. Helens Wigan especially unbelievable at bringing the players through as our leads and that kind of tightens it up a little bit because you have to invest the money yeah. that you would have spent in your youth setup, bring academy players through, and you're sort of fighting for the best English players, which makes it a bit more exciting. And um, then also, then obviously, you're gonna, someone else is going to win it. Yeah. Oh, uh, thank you very much. I know you interrupted your dinner to come out and speak to us. So I know. <laughs> very, very, very pleased about that. Uh, great as always. Speak to you later. Thank you. My pleasure. Cheers. Right. That's um, that's the end of the show, uh, Craig. Now, uh, big time. For the Lions, now, this is a big step up in quality. Um, there are no... I, I, I've written this, you know, the, the, the tour uh, schedule's not, not been ideal for various reasons. Lots of things could have been better and what have you. But in New Zealand, you can't, as a player, are you sure? I don't believe you should, as if you're connected with a squad, make any sort of excuses because they will jump on this, the, 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 the Kiwi public and press, and say you're already, you're already trying to make excuses for not no, winning. They've already started jumping, exactly. jumping on yeah. us. And you, so uh, just let your, your, your plane do the talking now. No, I think it's a massive game on, on, on Wednesday. Um, it really starts now. I mean, obviously it has started, but it, listen, Blues is going to be a step up, massive step up. And the guys that are preparing for this game have got to be on it. And uh, I think they will be. 
I'm mm. really positive about the next couple of games. The one, the one uh, against Crusaders, the, the third game of the tour, is going to be a big, big, big yeah. match, and if that's going to be a real point of, towards the, the the test team. You know, it works. It works both ways. You know, they can have reverses that could could. But on the other hand, if they were to go unbeaten for the four, that would be a phenomenal. Uh, you know, psychological boost because they know the quality that's there, the the quality they're going to face. I think you, you got to put markers down on yep. tours, you know, and, and I think next couple of games we could put markers down. Mm-hmm. It's like a te- the Crusaders game is going to be a test match. That's mm-hmm. going to be a test match, yep. test match players on both sides, and I think that if we can win that game, we can you know really make a statement for the rest of the, the rest of the tour. Absolutely. You've been listening to Brian Moore's full contact in association with the Telegraph and QBE Business Insurance. My thanks to my co-host Craig Chalmers for joining me in the studio this week and as always to our producer Abby Patterson. Next week I'll be joined by the uh, former Gloucester and England wing James Simpson Daniel. And remember you can get in contact with us throughout the week via the hashtag #FullContact. and don't forget to subscribe to the podcast and to leave us a review. Best of luck to the Lions. Give it to them boys. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. This Mother's Day, treat mom to healthy, glowing skin with Osea's limited-edition skincare sets. Osea has been making clean, seaweed-infused products for nearly 30 years. Their advanced eye care duo brightens and firms skin around your eyes, while the Golden Glow Body Trio nourishes and smooths skin all over. Go to oseamalibu.com and use code MOM for 10% off your first order site-wide.